of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. I'm David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are officially back. It's been a couple of weeks. I've had a whole mess of other stuff going on. I've been super busy uh, with my other podcast. I've been busy with uh, work schedules. I've had a couple of server issues here and there and there have been some unfortunate and untimely delays in getting this to you. But I can assure you that we are most definitely back and we have some great ones to come. To make up for lost time, uh, I have a new one up today and there's also going to be a new one up on Thursday. I won't be able to put it up on the regularly scheduled Friday on account of being in Melbourne for Poison City Weekender. More on that very, very, very soon. But in the meantime, we are going to get through the archives of stuff that I've already recorded, and we've got some absolute doozies coming up for you, including uh, this one. Uh, This one was recorded back in late May. Uh, It is with Mr. Brad Fulton. Brad Fulton is a Melbourne-based musician and uh, sound tech and guitar tech. You might know him from his work playing in Outright. You might have seen him back in the day with the Gunrunners. You might have seen him playing with Series as a fill-in member. You might have also seen him teching for bands like Violent Soho, Luke Brasi, and the Smith Street Band. All friends of the show, a few of which have even been on the podcast. Uh, We recorded this while Violent Soho were in town back at the end of May. You'll uh, remember the Gooch Palms episode that we recorded around that time, as well as the DZ Death Rays episode. Uh, Yeah, a lot of fun, those ones. So it's taken a little while to get around to this one, but uh, I'm really happy with it. So uh, I thought I would share that with you here. Figured it was a great way to kind of kick off into the next phase of All My Friends Are In Bar Band 61. Moving, Moving up in the world, we really, really are. Just quickly before we get into this week's episode, support for all my friends are in bar bands comes from Spit the Dummy Records, a Sydney-based DIY label bringing dead formats to the masses. I am so happy to let you know that the orders are back in, the pre-orders are in for uh, the Nothing Rhymes with David, Things Work Out for People Like You packages. Uh, I've had a look at some of the stuff and it looks really, really awesome. Uh, Huge thanks to Rory Burns uh, for helping to get that stuff together. And of course, huge thanks to Sam at Spit the Dummy for making it a possibility in the first place. Support for the podcast also comes from Sad Girls Club. You know about Sad Girls Club, the non-male music collective, helping non-male voices to get heard. We are a month out from Sad Girls Fest, of course happening the 1st of October at the Reverend Hotel and the 8th of October at the Factory Floor. If you haven't got your tickets, why haven't you got your tickets? Especially Melbourne. You've got a bloody unreal lineup. Camp Cope, uh, Jess Riviero, Jala... Alex Leahy. So if you haven't got your tickets, get your bloody tickets. Head over to sadgirlsclub.com where you can also find out about any and all upcoming Sad Girls Club events. So that's S-A-D-G-R-R-R-L-S-C-L-U-B.com. And support for All My Friends Are In Bar Bands comes from you. Look, I've said this before, but honest to God, think about this. If every single person that likes All My Friends Are In Bar Bands on Facebook donated $1 each, seriously, $1 each, that's all it would take, the fees for keeping this podcast up online would be sorted for the next two years in full. That is mind-blowing. 
So if you think, oh, you know, like I, I can't really afford much, like that's fine. Any little bit counts and I'm appreciative of everyone that contributes to keeping this podcast up online. It is so, so, so appreciated. So if you would like to be one of those awesome people and help keep this podcast up online, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash barbands and for as little as $1 a month, seriously $1 a month you can help keep this podcast up online. So head over to p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. All right, I won't keep you any further. Let's have a chat with Mr. Brad Fulton. And Barbans today, I would like to introduce you to my friend Brad Fulton. G'day, mate. How you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm fucking fantastic. That is good to hear. That is the second high five recorded on this podcast. The first being Mr. Jules Rosenberg. Oh, really? Your former bandmate. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> I like that. That kind of brings everything together. It's kind of totally. a full circle thing. You know, a gun run way. <laughs> And any time that we have one of them on, that will be the signal. <laughs> we are here at the Animal Theatre. Mr. Brad Fulton is following around the uh, the Violent Death Gooch Rats tour and uh, taking on this ragtag group of absolute fucking rock and roll monsters. Uh, how has this been for you, my friend? It has been uh, very epic. It's mm. been going for a while now. It's been uh, full on, but it's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. The show's been huge. Yeah, it's just been really, really great. Bit of a learning curve as well, which is always good. Get stuck in and learn a couple of new things. But um, yeah, in general, the show's been going really, really well. That is fantastic to hear, man. So let's take it back to where we met for the very first time. This was uh, this was part of a tour uh, that you were also a part of, the, uh, the Get High See Everyone tour. Yeah, this is true. That was, uh, what's that, maybe two years ago now? I think so. So it was Smith Street and uh, Park and this Pop and Great Cynic. Spot on. I remember we had, I do this all the time and it was wonderfully awkward and brilliant. So I noticed on your guitar case that there was an Outright sticker and I said, oh, hey, Outright, they're a fucking great band. And you just look at me dead in the eyes and go, yeah, that's my band. <laughs> Thankfully, I saved my guys, so I was just like, so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> true, true. I, I picked up what you were putting down. <laughs> so there's two connections there. Um, tell us about how you initially got involved with Outright. Uh, so with Outright, it was a kind of bizarre one. The lead singer in that band, Yelena, mm. saw me play in my old band, The Gunrunners. Yes. Um, and so this is so weird. Basically, she was uh, pretty stoked on the amount of punk jumps that I do in a set. And so she just kind of hit me up on Facebook and was like, hey, we're looking for a second guitarist. Love yep. the energy that you bring to shows. It's kind of what we're about. Yeah. Do you want to have a jam? And yeah, I was kind of like, oh, I'm so in over my head here. I don't know how to play <laughs> chugga chugga fucking, what am I doing? But um, we went in and I had a jam with them. And then, uh, yeah, a couple of, maybe like a month later, I played my first show as a single guitarist. The other guitarist was away, was recording right. Cruel Hand 
at a bowls club. It was single-handedly the most nerve-wracking night of my life. I almost really? did a U-turn on my way there. I was like, I can't do it. I've got to turn around and go home. I was so, like, crazy. What, was so, what was so scary about it? Like, just I the guess, fact that it was completely different for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming from the Gunrunners where there was three guitars, yeah, I, had, yeah, yeah. I had, you know, 12 other guitar strings to hide behind mm. to be in the, like, the only guitarist. I was like, I just, I don't have the chops for this. Thankfully, it all came together quite well the show was a blast and I guess like shit maybe like almost five years later I'm still there I quit once I quit (laughs) once but I came back so yeah yeah it's been about five years now oh wonderful yeah yeah and uh how did you get involved with uh, working for the Smith Street Band so with the Smith Street Band that one came about because a friend of mine Nick he was teching for them for quite a while prior and then for a variety of reasons, he just decided to like, take a bit of time off and spend yep. some time at home and whatnot. And uh, so he passed the guitar tech baton over to myself. Yep. Bless him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so that tour when we met on the Get High Sea, everyone was my first introduction to touring with Smith Street. I'd been friends with the dudes for like quite a while. I guess even like predating the Smith Street band mm. as, a, you know, as the name has come to be or whatever. But yeah, so that was my first delving into the Smithies touring and it was like a 29 date tour or oh, something oh yeah so, yeah that was a not an easy task no it was quite a long one but it gave me enough time to kind of you know wrap my head around it all <laughs> and then yeah I guess same deal again like a couple of years later and you know at probably like close to 10 tours later yeah we're about to I guess shit two days and then we'll be starting the next one bloody hell so you mm. go straight off one tour and on to the next one yeah so I think between the last Soho show which will be Tomorrow night at the Anmore in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I'll have about six hours from when I pack up Soho to when I'm on a flight to Big Pineapple to uh, do stage for the Bennies and Smith Street Band. <sighs> Which sounds stressful, but I'm actually psyched. Like, it's great when those things bookend mm. quite nicely because, given this role, you know, freelancing, you get like a lot of downtime. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's not easy to play the jigsaw puzzle that is, you know sorting out your diary of events 100% but yeah. this worked out really well so yeah just fly up to Big Pineapple drink a couple of vodka cruises <laughs> head on home for a couple of days and then yeah be back here in Sydney with Smithies fucking A yeah no rest of the wicked my friend none at all <laughs> I wanted to kind of trace back uh, your original and initial interest in music and kind of the, uh, the point where it went from being something that you were just kind of hearing and responding to, to being something that you actually wanted to do. So yeah, tell us a bit about your upbringing and how music factored into that. Yeah, cool. My dad is quite into music, like in terms of like, you know, like Steppenwolf, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, ACDC. So I definitely got that side from him. And then my mum would play a healthy dose of like Susie Quattro, ABBA, all that kind of stuff. And I guess my first personal kind of like actually physically buying something for myself was uh tina arena chains oh nice and i was completely smashed by it listened to it until it was absolutely dead hi tina if you're listening yeah totally hit me back (laughs) on twitter you know i've been shouting out um and then from there it was into oh this is all just so bizarre then it was into mariah carey of course totally who i happened to share a birth date with no shit. there's a couple of years difference i think i think Obviously. maybe she's you know a couple of years younger now. <laughs> um so i share a birthday with her and with also my best friend emily kelly if you are listening love to you and dean and your newborn Wiley. hi mom yeah hi, hi mom. <laughs> so then i was massive into mariah and from there it was spice girls 
which Ooh. I was huge into. Had the Spice World movie poster on my locker. Dude, door so good. For ages. Yep, super into my it. My sister had the deodorant. Me too. I think I still have an empty can somewhere at my mum's house. And an empty Spice Girls push pop. Yeah, dude. (laughs) That's the shit. I was a collector. Yeah, and then I guess from there, it just like... Do you remember when in the back of newspapers you'd get the catalogues for like a CD club? Yes, I do And so like your first three CDs would be like five bucks each. And then like everything after that was like a million dollars or whatever. (laughs) But uh, I remember ordering Injustice for All, Nimrod, and Smash. So Green Day Metallica and the Offspring. And that was, they were like my first ones where I was properly like, this is sick. How do I get more? How the fuck do you go from Metallica and that to fucking, from that to Spice Girls and Mariah Carey? Like, was oh. that a, was that like a instant transition where you were just like abandoned all the guys <laughs> stuff? It was like, well, to be honest, the, the bridge was probably even weirder. I reckon the bridge between the two was like Cypress Hill, Cradle of Filth, Rob Zombie. What? Yeah, yeah. But the weird thing is, well, it's actually not even that weird, but <laughs> none of this has changed. Like, I'm still, like, a massive, like, Mariah fan. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. She's like, still putting her bangers. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Like, I'll listen to Nails until my head falls off, but then I'll go and chuck on, like, the new Bieber album and, like... Yeah. I just... That whole guilty pleasures thing, I don't have any, because, like, I just... If it's sick... I'm exactly I the same. Yeah, yeah, Totally, man. <laughs> I, I think that's the kind of stuff you get over when you're in like, your late teens, early 20s, I think, where you just say, oh, you know what, Triple J out playing this, or it's not like punk enough or metal enough or whatever the fuck, totally. and then you just realise, oh wait, no, fuck it, this is a banger, I yeah. don't care. Totally, <laughs> totally. So, um, yeah, I guess there was like a, a bridge there, but like it was just... It was just one of those things where I just knew what I liked when I heard it. Yeah, and... yeah. Uh, when did you start uh, playing? Was guitar your first instrument? It was. Right. Yeah, yeah it so absolutely was. Was that... So I'm assuming like the Green Day and the Metallica and the Offspring and stuff like that was kind of your in? Like yeah. maybe your guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with that, like, I guess I was maybe 16 when I bought a guitar. Saved up. I used to work at like a cafe and, and things like that. So saved up my money and bought this guitar. And... Never really cared about it until I was probably about, like, 22 when I moved to Melbourne. So, basically, it was like, you know, I'd learn to play original prankster and smoke on the water sure, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just jam at home by myself because, I guess, to, like, give some context, I'm from, like, a smaller town between Melbourne and Adelaide called Horsham. Oh, right. Yeah. And so, in Horsham, there's no real bands or people to jam with to speak of, or at least when I was there. So the guitar was just kind of a thing where I, you know, would put on the record in my dad's shed and just kind of jam along to it or whatever yeah, by yeah. myself. And that was all I ever thought it would be. And that was fine. Uh, and then I moved to Melbourne and that's when I caught up with Nick and Nick from the Gunrunners and he was like, we're yeah. looking for a guitarist. And yeah, yeah. So it wasn't until I was 22 that I started playing in bands. So Gunrunners was my first band and Outright was my second. Oh, really? Yeah, so you yeah. didn't have bands in high school or anything no, like nothing that? nothing like that at all. Yeah, yeah, right. So you were just like playing alone in your bedroom and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, totally, totally. And like really poorly. Like I never gave myself the discipline to learn the right way or anything like that. It was literally like print the tabs off the internet try and figure out what's going on and then be like oh, okay well that's cool I can play morning sub AFI now I'm gonna go to sleep and Tick. maybe I'll play guitar next week yeah. <laughs> yeah but then yeah I guess like I moved to Melbourne and like it just opened that whole world of like oh shit like I can play with people and like this is fucking mind blowing yeah I can't imagine like uh, much 
music would have been coming through Horsham like at all. Like no, you know, no. there's no like famous musical people from that area. No, he's good self, obviously. Yeah, thank you, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not at all. It was kind of like I think in my t- like my time as a teenager in that town, there was yeah. a regurgitator show once uh-huh. at a uh, ten pin bowling venue, <laughs> sure. and then uh, Body Jar played at the town hall. So oh, yeah, which is both sick. But aside from that, like you know, it was a pretty quiet. Eight years or whatever. Yeah, sure. Being a teenager, just yeah. But I, I would just drive as soon as I got my license. I was in Melbourne like every fortnight. How um, long was the drive? It's about three and a half hours. Oof. Yeah. So I'd uh, finish up at the bakery, jump in my car, come to Melbourne to see whatever you know, strike anywhere or strung out or whatever. Yeah, sure. Stay the night, and, and that's literally how I know anyone from Melbourne. Like I met. Emily Kelly, as we spoke about before, through yeah, like, yeah. strung out forums and stuff. Oh, and really? Like, so you were just hooking up with people to fucking crash on their floors and shit? Basically, yeah. I was just kind of like, I would just come down solo with no plans, and then I'd just, you know, just talk to people at the show or whatever, and yeah, yeah, that was literally how it all came about. Wow, incredible. Yeah. So at, uh, when is the first time that you play live? Like, how old are you at that point? First time I would have played live, I'm going to say I was about... 22 and a half kind of like around that wow, age yeah yeah, yeah. Probably about late, like, late bloomer yeah yeah absolutely and it was uh in the SB basement mm. and i played three songs with the gun runners at the end of their set as a bit of an introduction went on and probably about six months later we did our first tour and that was the point where i was like are you kidding me like <laughs> we get to go to another city and like you know people are gonna give us free beers like what <laughs> I'm trying to... Rem- I'm seeing if I can remember this correctly. Jules related to me. I believe it was some sort of Iron Maiden situation where one of the Gunrunners guitarists <laughs> left and then uh, you came in as a replacement or something and then the other guy actually stayed and then you all this became is, a three-piece. This is very or, a true. A three-guitar band, rather. Totally. So in a nutshell, essentially what it was was Nick hit me up and was like, our guitarist Jules is leaving because yeah. his other band, Kimbo was kind of getting pretty busy. Yes, yes. And he was the main point of Kimbo, so he couldn't bail on that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the Gunrunners, as much as he was a main point, there's also Nick and Cam who were songwriters. So he was like, if I leave, you guys will survive, but if I leave Kimbo, maybe it'll be a bit harder for them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he was going to bail, and I came in for a uh, for a jam to try and be the new Jules. Mm. And so we jammed it out. And yeah, when I said that, that first show I played where I did those three songs, we did those three songs as a five piece so like three guitars Jules was still there for that yeah the next week we get to rehearsal and here's Jules and I'm like oh no like he's back in the band like my place is gone like I've got to play three songs and I'm already you know out again and Jules is everyone's kind of like what are you up to and he was like that sounded so fucking sick on stage I'm in we're a three guitar band I'm not leaving this is too good (laughs) and so yeah we're just like fuck alright like let's let's go Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us about that first gun on this tour. Yeah, it was sick. So, I just remember the first show we played at Hot Dam um, with, uh, I'm going to say, like, maybe Sniper Rival and a couple of other, like, old Sydney bands, I guess. We did uh, one at maybe the Lansdowne or something, mm-hmm. and then one at Caring Bar Bizzos. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, yeah. that old chestnut. Oh, yeah, totally. Ooh. Didn't see any riots, so I probably should have bought a tax ticket <laughs> being that I was at Bizzos. Obviously, but, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was cool. Like, I don't remember there being that many people at the shows or anything, but we just got, like, insanely drunk, made a bunch of friends, and, like, yeah, and then we actually, like, came back to Sydney quite a lot yeah, after yeah. that. 
But it was just, yeah, it was insane. I yeah, just, I remember seeing you guys a couple so of those. That was actually how I met Jules for the first time. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I think it would have been like a Blood, Sweat and Beers or something yep. like that. Yeah, we did a few of those. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Brock, if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> hope the tour's going well, mate. Yeah, buddy, I'm sure it is. I've made ah. Sold our rev tonight, so yeah. yeah, totally. Everyone's killing all around the country. Oh, are they ever? <laughs> oh, love it, loving life. I can only imagine like getting to do all this stuff for the first time. You know, like uh, was it was it weird for you considering like the other guys in the band had obviously been in a bunch of other bands like out in the lead up to that point, but this was all like fresh and all new to you. You know, like oh. you were still super green at that point. Yeah, dude, so much so that like I would have to get Nick to set up my stuff. Like, <laughs> I guess given what I'm currently doing downstairs tonight. It's yeah. it's probably pretty weird, but um, yeah, I would actually have to get Nick to like plug my leads in, get some kind of tone out of my amp. Like I didn't even own a tuner when oh, I joined wow. the band. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I just plug it into one of those crappy little things or whatever. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll get you this pedal and like we'll do all this sort of stuff. So I was like super green. I had no idea. Like I was fully had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> the whole thing just was like mind boggling to me. Like how does this happen to here? And then yeah. noise comes out the front. I'm like, what? The what? Just complete spin out. Yeah. And it was probably that way. Like, honestly, I reckon for the first six to 12 months where I was like, mm. I couldn't dial in an amp to save myself. Like I just had no idea. So yeah, I was super green, super kind of like nervous and just, yeah, just, just a country boy in over his head, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned like uh, the kind of work that you're in now. Like, uh, how did how did that kind of uh, start out for you? Like, getting into guitar taking and stuff like that. So it was a really kind of like soft entry. I mean, at the time, I'd been working um, at a record label for quite a while, so right. I was already starting to get into the, you know, just like dealing with music in general. Mm. And then I guess like uh, live music was the next step of like just doing some odd bits and pieces, working with that. And then I did kind of like a festival, and again, um, my friend Nick was was a tech at the time, and, and still is. Um, so I kind of like just basically the first tour we did together for other bands. I just kind of watched over his shoulder and like mm, mm. picked up a few bits and pieces. And it wasn't until, in all honesty, it wasn't until about two to three years ago I was at Poison City Weekend talking to the dudes from Series. Another oh, yeah. big shout out to the series boys. You are the most beautiful people in the hello, world. And I love hello. you with all my heart. Um, Previous guest, Tom Lanyon. Oh, what a, what a man. Oof. What a man. So yeah, we were doing that and Tom was like, dude, we just got off with this Say Anything tour. Yeah, yeah. We've never done anything like this. Would you come and, and help us out? Just like show mm. us the ropes. Mm, mm, mm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. So I did that and that all went well. And then this is where the tie-in comes to Soho as well. Right. Is probably like a couple of weeks after that tour finished, Tom calls me and he's like, dude, our guitarist Reese can't do this Soho tour because he's got his own business and yeah. he's a really busy yeah, yeah. guy. Would you fill in on the guitar for some of the shows? And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally, man. So yeah, like about two jams later, here I am in Darwin <laughs> with Series and Vaughn Soho. I've got the tabs to the Series songs laid out on the amplifier behind me. And I just faced my amp the entire set, trying to learn the songs as we go. And then when Reese came back and did the shows, I would just tech for them. Yeah, yeah. And then that literally led straight into the, the Smithies tour I, I met you on. So, like, yeah. I, I'm still fairly new to this, I guess. Like, mm. you know, yeah, like, probably about three years into being, like, a tech. Uh, I say that, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. A With tech. Quote marks. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was, like, my, my proper in. And then... I, I have to like give the biggest shout out to Christian from, who um, 
has always been like the stage guy for Soho. Like he used yep. to do it absolutely all. And that's who like I really learnt off and really like grew a desire to do it. Like on those Soho series shows, I would just like watch him work more than I'd probably watch the show most nights. And I was just mesmerized by how like, you know, speedy and articulate and switched on and just like, it was the fucking best. Like I was honestly just was yeah, like, yeah. so blown away by what he did yeah. that I just really tried to learn from him and like would even say to him like, teach me, teach me your ways, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Christian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, a couple of years on, I'm still telling him to just teach me everything you know. Cause yeah, like yeah. the dude's 23 and he's like the best that I've ever seen. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. So I guess that was like my entry into it all. And then, um, yeah, just, just kind of built on it through there and, mm. You know, and then I guess through doing that, it's just been um, fans of the same kind of family, I guess, like the Bennies and Luca and all that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I've ended up working for all those dudes, like, yeah. kind of on my roster, per se. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's honestly just how I got into it. I was like, it was more who in, like who I knew rather than what I knew. And then once I had the in, then it was like, all right, now I learn the ins and outs of all of this. And we go for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I guess, like, I'm still in the process of doing that, but, yeah, I love that. Like, it, just that idea of going out and learning something new, mm, like, yeah, yeah. getting some crazy pedals thrown at you where you stress for fucking two days, and you're like, okay, got my, I got my mind around this. Like, it's like a fucking Mortal Kombat thing, like, press up on this button two times, yeah. left, right, and then, like, I'm going to uppercut someone up, up, with a, down, a down, game chain. Right, totally, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that that's kind of, like... How I got into it, I guess. Yeah, right. Have you balanced the guitar tech life with the musician life? I know Gunrunners kind of ran its course in a, a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, like, uh, what's your position musically at the moment? Like, you still like, uh, is that still something that you want to kind of continue pursuing on, as well as the guitar tech stuff? That is such a good question because right now it is like it's a really, really hard one to juggle. Earlier when I mentioned that at one point I quit outright, yeah, that was uh, almost this time last year, and that was for those reasons. I was yeah. like, look, I'm so sorry, I'm away all the time. Like, More than anything, I'm probably holding you back from opportunities that come up by being like, oh, cool, you want to play this show with Mind Snare in Melbourne? Sorry, I'm in Perth for a week or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that. I was kind of like, it just became really hard to, to balance and I started to feel really guilty about it mm. I was just like oh yeah just holding them back and I'm just kind of like pissing everyone off which obviously wasn't the case because they're the sure, most yeah. lovely accepting accommodating people yeah, in the yeah, world yeah yeah of course yeah so that's when that came about and I kind of left the band the day after they got offered like a pretty great tour support being the Rise Against the one. Rise Against tour of literally course. not even 12 hours after I quit they were like hey so we got this gigantic arena tour <clears throat> and I guess like going into that I was like ah oh, this is awesome like you'll get someone new and they've got something to look forward to and the band will carry on and this is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of came to the party and were like, look, we really want you to be a part of it. Will you play the shows, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, of course, unless you get someone, like at least give them the opportunity to do yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't want, you know, I don't want to swoop in and play the Monster Energy Drink sponsored arena tour <laughs> and then the new guy can play like the anarchist bookshop or whatever like seems a bit lopsided oh nothing wrong with either of those oh of exactly like yeah. i love them both so much yeah yeah yeah, yeah that balance like it's yeah. that's my favorite thing about being in outright i guess yeah, is yeah, that totally. we can do the big and the small and the weird in between and yeah, yeah, metal, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, of course, yeah. and yeah i guess after that tour they kind of said to me like you know we understand you've got a pretty <coughs> hectic life yeah. um but if you'll consider coming back to the band we would love to work around that blah 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 
And that kind of brings us to where we are of um, me being back in outright. Yeah. Them trying to juggle around my life, but my life continues to get more hectic. So it's becoming harder. We've just lost another guitarist, so we're going to kind of like... Hi, Stacey, if you're listening. Hi, Alan Stacey. And and just a real quick shout out to Alan Stacey, who sings for my other band. So my, yeah, little side project. (laughs) Which uh, is known as the Glen Danzig Tap Danzig Extravaganzig. <laughs> so if anyone out there is planning to have a house show on Friday the thirteenth, Halloween, uh, full moon, um, Danzig's birthday, whatever, just get at us. Uh, I'm sure you'll remember the name. Fully spooky. Yeah, totally. Oh god, I love it. So yeah, that's back to where we're at now. We're going to find another guitarist, and um, and, and yeah, I guess we'll figure out what we're going to do about my schedule versus what the band wants to do because. In all honesty, like, I'm not home now until probably about October. Bloody hell. Yeah, not for more than a couple of days, like. Um, yeah, so they've been so great to be accommodating this far. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and I guess we'll just figure out what the next chapter is for everyone. But that's all good, like, yeah, it's it's, it's sick. It's a real tough balance, so, like, yeah. I take my hat off to anyone can, that can do it. He's it, actually doing it, for those of you listening. Yeah, 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 he's, he's trying. He's trying. I'm treading water, but uh, <laughs> kind of doing it. And I mean, the same goes for, for most things, you know, like girlfriends as well. Like, if you're away this much, just that juggle of everything. Family, Ladies, if, it's, if this does sound enticing, his number is 04. Yeah, 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 totally. Hit me up on Instagram and at... No. <laughs> but yeah, it's all just a juggling thing. And I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at my time management, yeah, yeah. but that doesn't change the fact that... You know, in a good year, I'm kind of going to be away for eight to nine months. And yeah. Yeah. I'll figure it out one day. You know. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Totally. All right. Uh, well, uh, we are moments away from the rock show about to uh, blow these tiny little kids' tiny little minds. But uh, <laughs> before we get to that, uh, I assess of all of my guests. And now, Fuller, it is your turn, my friend. I want to know about the best and worst gigs that you have ever played. Best and worst gigs I've ever played. Okay. Yes, indeed. So, best would be fairly easy. And this sounds like I'm having a bit of a brag, but, like, honestly, it's the best because we supported Refused. Oh, dude, of course. Which, yeah. as, like, a 16-year-old kid buying Shape of Punk to Come from CC Music in Geelong yeah. with my KFC wages, I was just like, this is not meant to happen. And then mm. we got offered that, and I locked myself in my work cubicle, and I cried for about 10 minutes in disbelief, shock, like, the whole thing, like, I'm not worthy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. You were the um, get up. Totally. So that was, that was, and, like, we got the whole word that, like, maybe they kind of asked for us kind of thing, which just blew my head off again. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so that was the best, just because they were incredible. We had, like, a, a really good set, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's my absolute best. My worst, I'm going to say, is tying it back to carrying barbizos because <laughs> as we always do oh, as we totally, always do totally. because R.I.P. yeah as many people that have been to bizos have found they probably spent some time unconscious at the show I also spent some time unconscious but it was during our set I uh-huh. uh, as you would know I'm, I'm one to jump off things of course climbed up a staircase to our stage left where I was playing my guitar and went to jump off this staircase thinking like this is sick I'm like 12 stairs up I'm gonna fly through the air like this is going to be the greatest thing anyone's ever seen. As I've jumped, didn't realise there was a lighting beam across, running across from where I was jumping. So I jumped with all my force because I had to make sure I kicked off so I'd clear the bottom step. I've hit this pole with my forehead 
It's knocked me out completely cold. I've landed flat on my back on the stairs. And I've kind of come to with the whole band sort of looking at me because we're still in the middle of a song. And they're like, oh, fuck, what do we do? And I was like, Brad, you've got two decisions here. You can either like keep lying down and everyone's going to stop the song and then it's just going to be this whole thing of like, you're a spud. Why would you jump into a pole? Or you can just get up continue playing the song extremely out of tune and everyone will be like oh that's pretty gutsy effort I went with the second option and it was the only gutsy effort I've ever had in my life but I remember it and it was uh, yeah that was that was the worst show just because it fucking smashed me like oh my god I was in a lot of pain did you end up at the hospital or something nah nah just ended up getting smashed <laughs> like you do yeah like you totally do. totally I probably just pulled a bong had a beer jumped in the van and off you go perfect yeah totally man uh, Philo do you have anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here no nothing that I can really think of other than yeah keep going to see all the good bands that are on this tour especially the Gooch Palms hey man <laughs> just get around all the good bands that are killing it you're going to be seeing a lot of me these next few months my friend you're going to be seeing a lot of me oh, I look this forward to it immensely it's a beautiful thing oh, it's going to be fantastic Brad thank you so much for your time dude thank you mate there that's high go. five number three yeah baby I'm David Jenkel and all my friends This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com. Hi, Gooch Farm. Hi. <laughs> sorry for intruding. That no, okay. don't be sorry. We've got to get our wall painted. <laughs> yeah. Kids tour on the podcast tomorrow. Oh, are they really? Yes, they are. Oh, oh. Yes, at the Thai place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. That's sick. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. we yeah. got some good stories. All right. All right. We're going to bust into Julius and put this on. It's being good because we've been drinking all that. Oh. Shit. Second time for Delete it. <laughs> <laughs>